Welcome to the latest episode of Returning to Tradition. This week's episode is entitled Forming the Human Person, and we're going to talk about childhood development, both academically and spiritually. As always, I'm your host, Chris Dixon. Today, I'm joined by my cousin, Jacob Miller. Jacob is from Westerville, Ohio, and is a music education major at Bowling Green State University, graduating in the fall of 2023. Jacob also wanted to start with a quote, quote, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, end quote, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott, Jacob Miller. Jacob, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Before we get started, <laughs> do you think that there's anything that the people should know about you, who you are, part of your life story, so that they can understand you and your personality better? Um, definitely. Like, I think it's, I know my mom is for sure laughing when she hears this because a big thing about me growing up, <clears throat> academics were not my thing. Um, and it's kind of crazy now that I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, studying education because if you had told me five years ago, no, I'll, I'll back up. I'll say three years ago before I committed to BG, if someone were to be like, you're going to be a teacher, I would be like, you're absolutely crazy. I never want to set foot in a school again. And um, so, yeah, definitely like knowing that this perspective on where I'm coming from on this is a person who academics weren't a really a priority growing up. And it was more about literally anything else. And um, coming to realize the importance of academics and then realizing the, the importance of spiritual academics in a sense and, um, you know, what we're being taught from the church's standpoint and how that can go hand in hand with what we're being taught in school. So, um, you know, the last two years of college, I've kind of found myself academically. I have a lot better um, realization of how important it is to be, you know, successful in everything you do, no matter how big or small it is, um, to always put your best foot forward. And um, that's why, yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this today. And who knows, like, <laughs> I might form my own uh, philosophy here as we're sitting. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, what, real quickly, what made you kind of flip the switch, I guess, to start caring about academics uh, you said and, and i know too you weren't the right. most academic yeah. you did not care like um, and now obviously you're going to be a teacher you care a lot so. yeah um it was kind of just the going to college and you know there's a lot of money in it there's a lot of um you know a lot riding on how i how successful i was in college and you know can't become a teacher if I don't have a degree in education. And that, just that realization of, oh crap. Like, if I don't, if I don't prioritize this even just a little more than I did in high school, I'm, I'm just not going to make it. I know myself, I know that if I don't give 102%, then I'm not going to be able to even do it a hundred percent, which I don't know if that makes sense. It makes sense in my head, but like, it's just, just a certain point of looking at my success and my career and my future and knowing that it was all kind of writing on how I did in college, which I don't know if that's always the best way to look at it because you know, college is not for everybody. And just because you don't go to college doesn't mean you're not going to have a career or a successful life or a great life. But I, in where I'm at in my life, that's where I was. And so that just, that, that switch kind of just flipped and yeah, it's just a big priority in my life now. I like how you phrased that. I appreciate the nuance too, that college isn't for everybody. Absolutely. Um, And it's not, but if, if you know what you want to do and college is the step that, 99.9% 99.9% of the people take to get there. Right. It's probably the same step that you're going to take right. to get there. Right. And so uh, here we are. So 
Um, we're going to work through education, again, both academically and spiritually, probably leaning more academically, but we'll also touch mm -hmm. on the spiritual stuff um, through each age group. So mm -hmm. we're going to begin uh, real briefly talking about pre-K through first mm -hmm. graders. We're going then going to move up first to third grade, fourth to eighth grade high school, and then finally a little bit on college. Of course, Jacob and I are still both in college, so we can't speak past that or really even too much into college yeah. itself because we're only halfway done. And with COVID, it's really <laughs> only been like a couple months, it seems like. But, um, Absolutely. So, yeah, let's start with pre-K through first grade. Um, how What's... What's a student like at that age? What's a human person like so, at that age? So the big thing about <clears throat> this beginning academic age is it's a lot of just telling and them executing what they're being told. So <clears throat> they're doing – sorry, I'm like so congested. Um, it's a lot of like basic behavioral things. So like behaviorally as in – speaking and um you know not pushing somebody off the play set um that's where you start to form those um those things like um and then you know you're teaching them their abcs and you're just you write you show them how to write the letter a and they're going to write the letter a that's pretty much what you're having it's just kind of uh call and response as kind of the best way to put it into analogy um, there's not a, they're not doing a ton of their own thinking, um, which I mean, obviously they're thinking because they're human. Um, but in the sense of like forming their own, um, opinions and, um, teaching themselves things, it's not really happening yet. So it's a, it's a very interesting age and, um, a lot of who people become for at least through high school is started is kind of formed at this age because of either home life or, um, you know, fr the friends, the people they're friends with. Um, they, you know, everyone is they're just they're just catching things that are happening around them. So they're not forming their own. Oh, that's not right. That's wrong. They're just they're seeing something and they're doing it. And that's that's pretty much the biggest part of. Um, that preschool through first grade age. Yeah. Um, I was going to even add to that. You mentioned home life and how important that yeah. is at this age. And even even before this age, from yeah. the time of birth up until this Absolutely. age, uh, how well kids do in school is build a heck of a lot off of how what what education the parents do before school. You know, reading your kids' books um, I mean, there's even some evidence to support the idea of, of speaking to kids when they're in the womb right. uh, to, right. that helps them, um, you know. So there's lots of factors here and lots of it even begins at the family level before the formal uh, education right. process begins. And I'll say like a huge shout out to my parents because while it wasn't a big priority this is all the way through high school from pre-K to high school, even though it wasn't what I was really thinking about. Like if they hadn't pushed me at home to get things done and to do anything, I would have flunked out very easily. So home life is super important. Mm -hmm. And then it's equally, if not more important on the spiritual side of things. And, and that's what I was getting into. Yeah. The domestic church, that is you and your family, the domestic church, domestic home life, um, is is the beginning of your spiritual life as well. Mm -hmm. So it's the beginning of your academic life and your spiritual right. life. Um, where do you first learn how to pray at home for, for, most, uh, for most people? The first prayer you learn, generally the sign of the cross. Mm -hmm. I mean... For, for us Catholics, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and and so for stuff like that, that's at a very young age. Absolutely. You, you take your kids to church, you don't keep them at home. Some people do. Yeah. You know, we aren't yeah. judging here, yeah. but, you know, lots of people take their kids to church because, you know, not only are they the future of the church, 
you know, if we don't start that habit when they're young, bringing them to right. church, mm-hmm. what's going to make them go when they're older? And this kind of goes back to that. Um, they're kind of just observing and taking things mm-hmm. in and being kind of spoon fed information. Like it's kind of like that cradle Catholic mm-hmm. thing going with the um, spiritual side of things. Like, and that home life thing, like when they're at that age, if they're going to church, they're, they see their mom, you know, putting her hands together to pray and, you know, participating in mass and saying the responses and they start to pick up on that. And, you know, that's when everyone sees those videos of a kid being cute and praying. They are just doing, they're not trying to be cute. Again, that goes to that. They're not doing their, they're just seeing things. They're executing it. So that, that age is really important because if you don't start that, like, um, that process of teaching them even what prayer is or what church is, then they're most likely not going to have that, um, when they get older. Yeah. They're just, cause they're, they're going to be learning it. Oh, I won't, I won't say too late cause it's never too late, but later than most people. Yeah. Your foundation is so important to so many things. And I think we're noticing already, we didn't talk a whole lot beforehand about how we're going to weave in academic and spiritual life into this, but it's very similar regardless of what we say. It's, it's similar. And, um, one of the things that some people might be taking away from this is Jacob said, you know, your spoon fed information, you know, you just kind of mirror it and believe it. And so, This is an evidence some people might take to support um, that, you know, the church is brainwashing people Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever. And to an extent, sure, you know, it's easy to say that. But yeah, um, yeah, it's easy to say that. But, you know, people do end up making their own decisions. And uh, if you as a parent wholeheartedly believe something to be the truth. Why wouldn't you want your kids to mm-hmm. as well? Like, everybody agrees killing another human being is bad. Right. Um, should we brainwash our kids? Uh, or should we not brainwash our kids to tell them to leave that opinion open to them for them to form at a later age? Probably not. Right. And so that's why we begin this so early when they're young and vulnerable is because it is the truth and we need to share it. With them young, build up that strong foundation and continue. It's the same thing for the alphabet, for basic math even. You learn it when you're young. It builds the foundation for when you're older and you can do calculus and write uh, doctoral theses and, you know, stuff like that. So, you know. um, Absolutely. Yeah. So let's move on to the next section of time. Uh, first through third grade was the second section you told me you wanted to talk mm-hmm. about. Uh, tell us more about kids in that age group. So they're, again, we're still kind of in that, like, they're still being spoon-fed information. That that doesn't really start ending till, um, well, I should rephrase that. All teaching is speaking to people and them picking up on it. That's the basis of learning, pretty much. Um, but like in form in terms of like mirroring and like just participating in things that this age is still a lot of that going on but around like second and third grade kids are starting to be like and kind of judge what's right and what's wrong um and even even first grade um in this age again it's just really important to continue to um from from going to that home life standpoint to um not push your agenda i should say maybe your parenting agenda or that's not the right word for it at all but i'm saying like maybe your parenting beliefs not i don't think people should push things but promoting your kid to be a good person i guess Mm -hmm. what i'm trying to say um this age is that still it's happening um and 
then from a spiritual standpoint, <clears throat> this is where they're starting um, either going to uh, a program that their parish has or they're starting um, PSR if they're not going to um, Catholic schools. Um, so this is, they're not going to be for, really forming their own opinions necessarily on this. They're still going to be taking in what they are told to believe in and, um, just following in the footsteps of their parents or their peers. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, that's pretty much all I wanted to say about first through third. It's still kind of the same as preschool. I mean, obviously, mentally, they've grown up. Um, but the biggest change here is that they're starting. It's the start of recognizing, um, oh, that's that. Or, oh, that's that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, it's, I know it's, hard, mean, to, it's yeah. hard to phrase things like this because there's so much going on with it but um, yeah that's pretty much yeah. all I wanted to say about that but on the spiritual aspect for me second grade when most Catholics receive Holy Communion for right. the first time generally educated along through that mm -hmm. process right. um, yeah I had no actual understanding right. of that's what, what I was the Eucharist was trying to say is that like yeah you're but, being told all this information. You're like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's Jesus. And yeah. you're like, awesome. I get to go home and tell my parents about what I learned. But like but what does the, next, the next yeah. day you're going to wake up and go to school and play with Legos. Yeah. And that's the just yeah. the truth of it. And you're not going to be thinking. Yeah. Huh. There, right. there is no like actual deep understanding mm -hmm. of what right. you're doing. Yeah. You know what you're doing. You like Jacob said. You know what you know. You're receiving Jesus. You know you're learning how to do uh, more complex math in school and your times tables and stuff. And but you aren't yet understanding. Hey, this is the purpose of this. You yes. know why do I multiply three times three? Like, what's the point? And of I'm that? so glad you said that because <laughs> you just perfectly summed up what I was trying to say. But my ADHD was going crazy, <laughs> and I was trying to just. Put that into words and you execute yeah. that perfect. So I'm glad you kind of understood what I was saying. So <laughs> Thank you. we're good there. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned that there, there uh, I'm not sure if you mentioned it on here, but you mentioned beforehand, third or fourth grade, there's a big change that happens in, in our developmental process. And um, like that's even noticeable to me reflecting back on my life. Mm -hmm. Thir third grade, there's a noticeable flip of a switch, if mm -hmm. you will. Um, so can you go into more about what happens in that time frame? Well, first and foremost, the most obvious one, puberty. That's when things start to, uh, happen and you start being taught about that. So that's kind of obviously a, a human hormonal change. And that obviously that really starts affecting mentally how kids are thinking. And, um, but also this age at this point, they are starting to have a grasp on things that they've learned. They're starting to have um, deeper memories and they're able to, um, I, from an academic standpoint, they're able to apply things that they'd already learned from a younger age um, into the classroom material that they're being, the new quote unquote classroom material that they're being presented with, even though a lot of it is just review. Um, and it's it's a big uh, I just kind of <laughs> I've, I've had a total thought and I I lost it um, well I, I guess I'll, I'll ask you what things do you notice and then I can we can yeah. go around that sure this might be the first time a guest asked me a question yeah I, I, <laughs> I'm I mean... not yeah, <laughs> no. but um yeah, so around that time, probably second or third grade, that's when I started to like weather. That's also when teachers started to like actually notice differences in their students as well and start to treat them 
I don't want to say more individually because, you know, they generally do that anyways. Definitely. But, you know, each each kid has uh, not only their own personality because they have that in earlier years too, but um, more distinct and more of a deeper personality. You were talking about deeper memories, and I think those probably go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, you you start to, um, I don't know, just, just work out of things better. Mm-hmm. Around that time is the time that, uh, like, fourth grade is when uh, the city of Westerville used used to, I'm not sure if they still do, started their uh, able and talented program Mm -hmm. for gifted students. So I went to a different school to learn things differently than other people because there was a cognitive difference in the test we took in third grade or whatever. So, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of go with that. That I that was kind of what I was trying to get to, and I kind of just blanked. Definitely, like um, teachers start making making those observations of like, "Hey, Jewel, we'll just use this as an instance because this is what happened." I my third grade teacher started noticing that I was not really paying attention very well, and that I just everything she said seemed to go in one ear and out the other. And that age is, um, at that point, from from that pre-K till now, we've had this, like, um, well, they're, pro- they're just kids. That's kind of the saying. And kids have an attention span of, like, maybe five minutes. And, and that's on a good day. Um, and so you kind of, you're not sure. You're kind of writing off, eh. They're probably just being a kid today, and they're that's why they didn't focus. But this, like, third and fourth grade, some kids are. Some kids are paying attention, and they're sitting still in class, and they are taking notes, and taking notes as in, you know, doing the workbook page. <laughs> um, but, and then there's some, you start noticing, well, that kid hasn't changed at all. There's been no, they haven't, like, pulled themselves together quote unquote. And that, I mean, that was a huge thing for me. And that's when kind of the, um, going like the, the calls home started happening and like my parents became aware of it, which then, uh, you know, started the conversation at home of what do we do? And for a lot of kids, um, it's it's very important to catch right here at, in this third grade spot. And I was fortunate that I got that I was people saw it and I could get help. Um, um, but yeah, this is definitely like you were saying, people. It's 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 noticeable, and yeah, the, I'm trying not to move into uh, like jump grades. So no, I'm uh, kinda yeah, it's just about lulling. it's about time. To jump from fourth to eighth grade. So I just wanted to have a bridge there for a second. So yeah, moving on to fourth to eighth grade. uh, You know, middle school, of course, like JP said, puberty started. So we're working. We are in full swing. We're in full swing, (laughs) as the kids Um, say. So yeah. Definite change in mindset is the biggest thing here. Um, Obviously you're still young and very much under your parents' direction. So in terms of um, a spiritual, I'll start with spiritual this time. Like you're still, if your parents are going to church, you're going to church with them. It's still very much that age. Um, This is where kids start to, and maybe they start, some start earlier, but a lot starts around fourth grade where they're like the the temper tantrums of I don't want to go to church mm-hmm. which for a kid is understandable like I said before there's certain kids there's some kids who can't even pay attention in the classroom and now they're expected to sit in church and for behave an hour, for an hour half. maybe <laughs> yeah. longer and so it's definitely a big um it's a big turning point in where the kid is now, they have their opinion. And in 
it's going to be very hard to change it. Um, and that's why staying on that spiritual level, like having a good thing other than church for your kid to go to, um, like, um, what we had at church, the resurrection with our tech program, like, even though the kid might be going to that and they've already made up their mind that I don't like this church thing, I don't want to go and, you know, well, so, well, if we're still early, so Creed, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? They've, they're starting and they've kind of made up their mind. And so they're like, I don't want to be here, but just having the experience of being there and while they're not like when they come home at the end of the night and the parent asked, what did you learn? They're going to say nothing. That's just what happens because they're not thinking about what they they learned. They All they were thinking about was how they didn't want to be there. This is a big thing that, that we see in the education world. But years down the line, they're going to be able to, they're, they're unconsciously like receiving that information. And that's kind of this, we're talking fourth through eighth. So this middle school flip, the change from elementary school to, to middle school, there's this um, kind of this line where kids are like, okay, I'm going to keep giving it a shot. And they're going to keep going to tech or whatever program at your parish has. And there's some kids who are going to go and they are kind of just going to be there when they're going to exist. And then there's kids who are going to stop going because at that point, if they're fighting it, the parents are exhausted. They're tired of fighting it. Um, So like back to this whole like bubble that I was talking about of this opinions forming young age there's none this like middle the middle age that first through fourth they're starting it and and now they're they've they've got their own opinions um and they are very strong um there's things that kind of bridging this spiritual to academic thing there's things going on at school and they're whether i mean a lot in a lot of situations they're at a public school and they're hearing things um, at school that are in complete contrast to what they're hearing at church. And this is that age where kids are going to pick which way they're going to go. And, um, but again, like I said, we're still at that age where you're going to church because your parents are making you go to church. So this is a lot of that age where your, um, kids are just kind of sitting and existing in it. Um, and it's a definite bridge, bridge years, um, which is really important from an educator standpoint, whether you're a spiritual educator to continue to try and, um, navigate this to the kids who are not so much invested in it and like, Hey, well, I I won't use a conversational standpoint, but I'll say trying to make them realize things in a different way. So it's not so much like this is church and this is what you believe and more of like, try and think about it in your own way. So then they can come to their faith on their own. And then, um, there will be kids who just love it and they're going to continue with it kind of like us. Um, and then there's some who just fall out of it and it's too much for parents to go to anyway, backing up that from an academic standpoint, the same thing is kind of happening. Kids are either on a different playing field. Kids are, kids are either loving school, existing in school, or hating school. And so this is where this, this you know, like the, uh, I forget what you call it, the Saints logo. The, um, do you know what that's called? Never, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, it's kind of this three three way, which you know there's always outliers, but um, this age is just really difficult, and they're going through puberty, and they have their own opinions, and they might have some behavioral issues that 
people don't know about um, that parents haven't observed yet. So middle school is a really, really hard time for a lot of kids, um, which goes hand in hand with um, like why kids act up and why kids don't want to go to church and why um, well, I just blanked again <laughs> and uh, just a whole lot of emotions and again they're thinking they're going to their rooms at night and thinking their own thoughts and um, about what they like and what they don't like and that's yeah it's a very 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 tough tough age gap I'm kind of going everywhere so no. let's uh yeah so, back in. yeah so um yeah middle school of course the the main thing is they're changing so much having their own opinions potentially being rebellious to an mm-hmm. extent um and and you know they could be all in at church and hate school or vice versa mm-hmm. or be all in and both yes. hate both you know there's so many combinations and like jacob said it's more of a spectrum not a mm-hmm. Not a three set mm-hmm. path yeah. thing, but uh, yeah. So there's lots of options still out there, and um, so the the kids eighth grade heading into ninth grade, big step. We're heading into high school mm-hmm. at church in most Catholic churches. We're getting confirmed around mm-hmm. this time, yeah. Because um, again, this is the end of this area where we're forming our opinions, hate church, whatever. Um, so. Um, yeah, take it away on high school. High school for spiritual, a spiritual standpoint is probably the hardest of them all. Um, this is, I kind of forgot to talk about it earlier with that, like first community and second grade. And so I'm going to just back up for a second. Like when you're a kid and you're like, we were talking about how it's, like very spoon fed at that age. Like you're being told you're going to get first communion and the kids are like, okay. And you do that. But now, so that was your, like your first sacrament and now, well, second, but now (laughs) you are at the age where you're about to get confirmed. And for, for a lot of kids, the biggest thing that I've noticed, and I think everyone has noticed is there is this, um, standpoint of either kids are like yeah i'm really into this and i'm excited to get confirmed and i'm gonna dedicate time to it and not all my time but i'm going to you know i'm gonna do weekly prayers and i'm gonna you know reflect on what saint i want to choose as my uh confirmation saint and um which is super great and then you're gonna have kids who their parents are like, you're getting confirmed because we're Catholic and that's what you do. And that is a really, really tough thing. Um, Cause obviously you and I both being Catholic, we want to, we want to see everyone get confirmed. We want to see everybody love their faith and, and understand their faith, um, which unfortunately is unrealistic, but um yeah, this this first year of high school, they found their crowd. Bridging to academics again, they found their crowd at school. Um, and more likely than not, um, uh, I can't say that entirely because there are kids who go to private schools and that are Catholic schools, and so that's kind of... Even there, it's not always perfect, but it's better than what's often seen at a public school and um, oftentimes in a public setting, I, and I'm speaking from experience, you're going to find people that you're going to become friends with that uh, either don't have the same beliefs as you and don't care, or they have this, they don't have the same beliefs in you and they are making that very well known to you. And this kind of going back to that opinions thing this first year of high school, you are very easily persuaded and kind of what you want to do. You start to have, um, you know, you find, you find your group of people and um, if they are, if they're kind of 
the hate using this word, but if the vibe of the group is more anti-faith, then you're going to most likely be persuaded to not want to pursue being involved in your faith. And then, I mean, there's always, there's always kids who are, but I think it's important that the conversation should be mostly about people who are not because the kids who are great. <laughs> They're already on this great path. Yeah. Um, I agree. Um, a few things I wanted to say. Yeah. One, um, at this point in time, even though, you know, you're in high school, you have well-developed mm-hmm. thoughts. You aren't yet to the point for most people, mm-hmm. like again, 99.9% mm-hmm. of people, you aren't yet to the point where you can effectively evangelize to others. Right. Correct. You, you can have anti-faith friend groups, but you aren't going to be able to hold your faith and defend it mm-hmm. and be apologetics, uh, do apologetics with them mm-hmm. and, and hold your faith with them right. at that point. As much as high schoolers think that they're invincible, mm-hmm. myself included when I was in mm-hmm. high school, um, you know, you, you can't. You aren't yet strong enough. Even though you think you are, you aren't yet. Which is why a lot of kids are so easily persuaded out of it. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you've grown up going to church with your family. And it's all you've ever known. But now you have these people telling you, well, that's weird. And that's wrong. And why do you do that? And, you know, who you know, really who cares what they're saying? They're saying it. Yeah. And you're like, you're kind of just sitting there and you're like, I don't know how to respond to this mm-hmm. because either you're scared to because these are your people and you don't want to get kicked out of a group because that's like the worst thing in high school. Mm-hmm. But also like, uh, you're just, uh, you're, you're either like, like that or you're going... Oh, they kind of have a point. Yeah. And that's where we lose a lot of people is when they, when they, when these opinions of other students are becoming your own opinions. I think also in this time, it's where the saying of you're the average of your five closest friends really Mm -hmm. becomes true. Absolutely. Sure. That's true at the other ages as well, but I think it, really becomes true then because Mm -hmm. then not only are we dealing with maybe personalities and what sports you like to play Mm -hmm. at at school or or rec league or whatever you're doing when you're younger but at this point now it's opinionated uh strongly opinionated even and involves matters of the faith not Mm -hmm. that it necessarily doesn't in that middle school time frame but in this high school time frame uh, you know, there's more decisions. We're we're through puberty now, mm-hmm. or at least most of the way mm-hmm. through it. Uh, so you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll all on the table. So the you know, um, so this this is really where it becomes uh, big. So let's move on to those later high school years. Um, definitely, the later high school years, kind of where we were talking about of this, what people are going to pick, what they're going to do. Um, later in high school is kind of this, it's, it's almost a firm line of, I know from our, per, from our experience, like there were people who were super involved and this is where we, that, that first year you're getting confirmed and that's all you're doing. That's pretty like, kind of spiritually you're going to church and you're getting confirmed and academically you're starting high school whoa um the second the second year you've already got a year of high school under your belt you kind of know the 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 ropes of high school so then spiritually you have this this choice now to it's not really your your parents decision you can choose to go to youth group and go to church 
and most likely you're starting driving and you're kind of independent, independent, quote unquote. <laughs> um, and so, you know, where's your car going to go on Sunday? Is it going to go to church or is it going to go to your friends or your girlfriend's house? Mm-hmm. And with youth group, there's a real, there's almost, there's a, it's a, um, it has its own line. You have kids there who it's their second year of high school and they're really involved and they are volunteering and they are, um, they are, well, volunteering to teach the younger kids and they are volunteering to teach confirmation and all these just being involved and, and just being there. And then you have another group of kids who maybe they're, they're still kind of under their parents' wing and their parents are like, well, you're going to youth group. And they really don't want to be there. And um, we see this all the way through senior year. Um, mm-hmm. It gets less and less every year to senior year there's some kids who just disappear um and on the other line these kids are pretty consistent um the ones who are involved they're pretty consistent all the way through senior year but the ones on the other side of the line um a lot of things happen in that sophomore to senior year at their school um like relationships happen um, new friend groups form. Everyone knows about the junior year, kind of. I I kind of call it the junior year fallout. You kind of going going back to this opinions thing. You you get to this point and you're like, you kind of assess your life, and you're like, look at the people you're hanging out with. And for some people, they're like, I really got to get out of this situation, and like I don't like these people. Or I don't like this one person. They, I don't think they're they're good for me. And you kind of, you know, split with someone who you might have been friends with since middle school, even earlier elementary school. Um, and that, so w- what we're seeing and in, in from the spiritual side of things is it might not even be that they don't like church. It it could very well just be there is so much mental stress and other factors that they just do not have the energy to go try and make new friends for a ver- for various reasons either they don't trust people anymore because they just had this junior year fallout um and or they or people are just on this i don't want to be catholic thing um and this and that's kind of there's like this kind of just firm line there of that happening and of course on the other side of the other line i know this is really confusing. it's i can see it all in my head but trying to explain it the other line you have the kids who are consistent and i'm not saying that those things don't happen to those kids at their school because it absolutely does but they've had that foundation at church and they are they've kind of found their spot in their faith and their they they have a better understanding maybe of yeah. their faith and that that is all huge factors in this age is you're less um likely to be persuaded one way or the other you're kind of like making this decision for yourself um and yeah it's a very another tough tough situation yeah uh, definitely um, so real quickly, let's give our academics in high school yes. before we move to college. Yes. Um, I mean, you kind of shared a little bit of your yeah. academics in high school, which I think mirrors a lot, lots of other people. Mm-hmm. So I think we can make it relatively brief, but go ahead and, and tell us about it. High school academics are, um, hard. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was trying to think of a bigger word, but there's really up till high school, things have been pretty like, um, like you have your four core classes and maybe some extracurriculars and 
so it's kind of straightforward what you're doing. And now in high school, that for like after eighth grade into high school, that's like second semester of eighth grade, you're choosing your schedule for high school, which is a big, big deal. This is where kids start to kind of try and figure out who am I, what do I like to do? And, um, which is stressful. It's probably one of the most, at that age, it is probably the most stressful thing. Um, so now all of a sudden going from when you quote unquote graduate from fourth grade, going into fifth grade and so on and so forth up through pretty much eighth grade, you've kind of had, um, your schedule laid out for you of what you were going to learn at school. And all of a sudden, here you are in high school, and you have a variety of paths you can take. And, um, I mean, everyone, of course, has to take the requirements for the state. So that's, like, kind of laid out for you. But in terms of, like, for me, just for instance, I started to really love music. And I was like, well, I don't want to... I played music all the way from middle school, or from elementary school, through middle school so far I was like well I don't want to like stop doing this I've like enjoyed it thus far and I know the teacher from middle school is going to be in high school so I'm, I'm going to want to I kind of want to just keep going with that and so you're kind of looking at your schedule and you're like oh well this science class that I was kind of interested in is happens at the same time as that band class so what do I do and this is all stressful decisions for someone at this age. Um, and that kind of goes all the way through, um, through senior year when you graduate, um, you know, every year you're choosing, like for me, I, I <clears throat> filled my schedule with music classes every year because I was like, I, I just love this and there's, I'm not really good at anything else and I can succeed in these classes. So, and which was just my, obviously I know that that's not the only thing I'm good at, but from the terms of like kind of going back to that like opinions thing like at this these ages like you're you're just kind of going it's hard to see past what you're succeeding in and you're like well I, I'll stick with that and so for for some people like me it was picking music for some people it's like they kind of just start to be like uh, oh I like this is just an example but I like hospital sciences or you know taking care of people and they start to take like a lot of health classes and a lot of people take those um you can take like college classes and which is a whole nother line of people and then there's a lot of people who are very sports oriented and so they go to school to take their classes and they have eight study halls and they have lunch and math science english um and social studies and that's all they do and then they go to practice every night and this is very and then there's well I should say then there's people in the middle who still don't know and for each and every person no matter if you found what you want to do if you're not really sure it's very stressful um and each one of these groups has, you know, a certain type of person that, and, and certain people that are associated with that group. And like you said, the average of your five friends, you start to become um, these people, I'm not saying that people aren't individual, individuals, but you start to um, become what you're involving yourself in and you, you become the people you're around and a quote that my mom says all the time that I love is you become the people you, you surround yourself with. And that is the most that happens the most in high school. Um, if you were to set a camera up that could follow people everywhere and, and you, you watch them on the first week of who they're hanging. If you put them with a group of who they're hanging out with, you could pause it and take a, a notebook and write out pretty like pretty confidently what you think would happen within the next five weeks. And then you could press play 
and oftentimes you see this transition of, of, of a person becoming who they're hanging out with. Um, and, and that happens with every single group. And so this is kind of, um, there's a big aspect of vulnerability um, where people are just very susceptible to forming a, a new character, I should say. Um, and just like, again, I think just kind of summing up what I'm saying, like you, you find what you love, you find your people and you, um, you don't really stray from that for a lot of high school. And that goes, that crosses that line into the spiritual world because on Sunday when church, when it's, you know, let's say you go to 11 a.m., let's say your friends are hanging out at 11:30 and you are maybe in a group that is a lot of people who don't believe in God or or don't go to church and that's the majority of that group most likely you're skipping church to go hang out with them and that's just what happens with people and i it's unfortunate and there's not you know a ton of things we can do about it because everyone gets to choose everyone has free will everyone gets to choose what they want to do um and it's yeah it's just a very again all these times from from a just the human standpoint it's difficult it's stressful and i mean think about all the times you're just sitting there and you're just thinking like you're alone and you're just thinking about things and that's happening with these kids and and you and i are are we're older now and so you kind of are like and for you know adults and everything you, you kind of are like okay that's not really important and I really don't need to be stressing over it but for these kids in high school these things that I just talked about this is their life this is all they know right now and this is all that's important to them so when we people talk about high school drama quote unquote it's drama to us because we've been through it but for them that's just life and mm-hmm. so it's it's a very Again, emotional, opinionated time. And yeah. that's that's where people are formed. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And then so uh, real briefly, both of us are in college. We haven't really spent that much time in college. Right. So we can't spend, we can't talk a whole lot about mm-hmm. it. But a few things, at least I noticed right off the bat, change in college. One, we're actually independent. Right. We uh, for the most part, right. unless you're living at home when you're at college, and plenty of people do. Um, but even then, you're independent. You choose every single class mm-hmm. you're going to take. Absolutely. That's up to you. You, which is so stressful. <laughs> you are you are on your own every night. You got to mm-hmm. you know fend for yourself, meals for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally working, you work in high school too. Some a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, in college now, you're really working. Um, in and this also on the spiritual side is a big thing because here is there there's two major things I think from from a spiritual person's perspective that happen here. One is that um, you know you already are spiritual and you, you know you you love God and you're you're in that realm and so you find a group in your large university or medium-sized university that fits with what you believe and that's your group for the next four years and you know you're pretty protected in that and it's good and then there's evangelization efforts on campus and you know you could have strayed from the faith after your middle school rebellious phase and you know a catholic missionary or another student comes up to you and says hey want to come want to come to church let's talk about god for a bit or something like that and finally you know um you, you return back to the faith and so lots of things are happening in college um so many options going on um both both academically and spiritually uh i'll, I'll let you talk on some of your experiences in college because uh, i think experiences is really all you and i can comment mm-hmm. on not Absolutely. so much, you know, human yeah. formation in that, in that. So I think, 
I actually think that since this is most recent, this will be the easiest thing to talk about today. <laughs> um, when you're at college, so far that like that first experience in college, either academically or spiritually, so far you have been in one environment. You've been at home in your hometown at your school at your high school and all the way back through for most people all the way back through sometimes the same school district for that whole time you've had your people and you were for a lot of people comfortable and you've had quote unquote independence again like we were saying none like how you have in college but now you're in a place that's brand new and for me and i think for a lot of people it's kind of like wipe the slate start over and establish who i am as an adult and like take kind of kind of look at your life from like I think for a lot of people, they just kind of look at high school because that was their most, that they have the most memories in that, that time frame. Kind of look at it, you pick and choose. I liked that. I didn't like that. I liked when that happened and I want to try and recreate that type of experience or situation here at school. So for a lot of people, you live in a dorm your first year and that more likely than not, unless you're going to Franciscan, there are not going to be a lot of, like, it's not faith-oriented at all, really. And, like, people aren't going around your door like, are you Catholic? That's not happening. People are coming to your door and being like, hey, I live down the hall from you. Let's be friends. Like, that's kind of just that first week of college and so and it's very easy to although you've kind of like that summer going to college you kind of wipe the slate and you're like you 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 you've made these priorities for yourself that like i will go i want to be able to i want to go to church i want to get involved and i want to do things around that but it's very easy to fall into this like you, you start finding your group of people and church kind of slowly starts to f- fall on your list of importance. And this is not true for everybody. This did kind of start to happen to me. Um, and I think that it happens to a lot of people. Some people, you know, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm speaking from a Catholic standpoint. So some people come in to college with no faith at all, which could be your roommate which could be your neighbor, which could be across the hall, your whole floor. You know, it's very possible that you could be the only Catholic on your floor. And so it's, it's, although you were like, you made these goals for yourself and you're like, I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to church. You, you kind of fall into this, like your friends are like, Hey, we're going partying this weekend. And you're like, well, yeah, so am I. I'll be there. And you fall into this kind of this... I won't, I won't say a rut because it's good to have friends. And, and you're in college. You should definitely live your life. Um, so I, I think that a big, a big thing to do... Well, to do... Or a big thing that is important about this spiritual thing of college is to find somebody who or at least okay go to church first check it out you might it might not be the greatest thing it might be because at this point you know your your home church you love your home church you love how they do things that's what you've been doing for a lot of people their whole life so now you're at this new church and like Okay, I'll give it a shot. But it's important in this stage to find someone who can just text you on the weekend to be like, hey, 
I'm going to church. I'm, I'm going to be there at this time. Do you want to come meet me? Because if you have that, you're going to be able to um, that'll be your your kind of reason to go. Um, I won't talk on that too much because that's a whole other topic of like college life. But yeah. um, I, I as as we were saying, it's kind of the same with high school and 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 all ages. Is like you find your people and you kind of stick with your people, but it's good to just have goals. Like it, like people start, you kind of make goals for yourself of, and priority. I think a big thing is priorities. Do I want to go to church? Is that important to me? Do I want to do homework every single night of the week and study for eight hours a night? Do I want to study, but yeah, have friends or <laughs> Some people just let's not do school at all and live our lives because that's all we're here to do. And so everyone kind of just forms this, as I was saying, like with, with everything, it's just kind of, it's all what your opinion is and what you think is going to be right for you. And yeah, I, I it's hard for us to talk about it because yeah. I, I at this point I only have my experience mm-hmm. of what I've done and and I think I think I mean come back and have this conversation in three years it'll be a di- I'll, I'll have completely different opinions oh, on what okay. I just said and I'll probably look back at this and be like why did I say that <laughs> I don't agree with that but um, I think the biggest takeaway from from all ages kind of mashing to one is like people will. In, in most situations do what they believe is right for themselves. And that is what I have, I have mostly observed in college. And that's okay. all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> for sure. Okay. So our final question, the question I'm asking everybody, but not really the final question. Uh, what's a devotion that you find particularly notable in people in our generation? I think the biggest one is just like, Trying your best to committing to just go to church. If you do nothing else, commit to that hour on Sunday. And I think, because sometimes, for instance, we just went through it, finals week. Nothing else is really going through your mind except I have this final tomorrow and I have to pass it. Mm -hmm. And the minimum you can do that week is just devote yourself on one hour on Sunday to go to church. And I think that's what we see most common. And I think that that's probably the biggest devotion of our generation. I think another one is just like um, individual prayer time. Um, At least from what I have either personally done or what I've personally noticed. I think that's like... For for our age group, it's like it's something that's I won't say easy to do because it's not easy at all. You 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 do have to remember to do it, <laughs> um, which is sometimes the hardest thing. Um, but it's it's something that is very feasible and it doesn't take a lot of outside either time, money, or resources to do. So I think going to church and just silent individual prayer is probably the biggest two devotions. Well, thank you, Jacob, yeah. for sharing all of this with us. I learned stuff. I'm sure everybody else learned stuff as well. Also, congratulations on making this the first episode longer than one hour. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I talk a lot. Yeah. But, you know, it's good. <laughs> I, um, I know I was kind of all over the place, but, uh, you know. <laughs> there will be future episodes that yeah, do go absolutely. out over an hour. So this this is just the first of many to come. Um yeah, so I apologize for the surprise there, but, you know, here we are. Uh, is there anything else that you want to say about the church or embracing tradition? I just, I think that this, just starting this narrative of um, 
I won't say starting, continuing this narrative of um, just just knowing your faith, recognizing your faith, and and wanting to better your faith is it's sometimes easy, sometimes hard, but just having that even just that little bit of drive to want to do it that will make everything a ton better and that's pretty much kind of what i've been going off the last year so no matter how big or small something you're doing um for your faith do it for sure so thanks again jacob and thank you the listener for listening if you like the show be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss when it comes out next Wednesday, June 23rd. And it'll actually come out the Wednesday after. I won't skip a week, I promise, because we're actually going to continue this discussion about the human person with another guest. I'm recording it actually the same day as this podcast. So it will be out, I promise. It's part two, Forming a Human Person, next Wednesday. See you guys soon, and don't forget to continue returning to tradition.